Today we're going to conclude our three-part series called Greater. Say greater. Now, so far, we said that Jesus is greater than our storms, and he is greater than our shame. How many are glad for that this morning? Well, today, I want, to, I want to declare to you that Jesus is greater than our story. He's greater than our story. Hebrews chapter 11 is called by some God's Hall of Fame of Faith. Some of the greatest of the greats are listed in this chapter. Their stories are recorded in the word of the Lord. One of the things that I love most about God's word is its transparency. Don't you love that? It's transparency. It it doesn't pick and choose only the good parts of somebody's life or story, but it tells the whole story, the good, the bad, and the ugly, all right? Hey, it tells us about David conquering, conquering the giant. But it also tells us about David committing adultery. It tells us about Abraham's incredible faith. But it also includes his faltering faith. It tells us about Peter and how, and how he, only he besides Jesus, was able to walk on the water. Can you imagine that incredible day when Peter got up out of the boat and he walked on the water? But not only does the Bible tell us about Peter walking on the water, but it also includes the fact that he almost drowned. God's word is filled with stories. Here's what I know this morning. That is, everyone has a story. Everyone has a story. In Hebrews chapter 11, after the writer told us about a host of Bible characters and and just a little bit about their story, in verse number 32, he writes, he says, how much more do I need to say? It would take too long to recount the stories of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, and all the prophets. The writer of Hebrews was saying that everyone has a story. Too often, and especially when things go wrong, we tend to think that we are the only ones with a story. That we are unique. That we are the only ones going through difficult times. Oh, but the reality is everyone as a story. No one gets through life without a story. Now, your story might be sadder than my story, and my story might be more difficult than yours, but but everyone has a story. Now, not everyone tells their story, and some people, that's all they do. Not everyone tells their story and and how we react and how we react. Oh, oh, and how we are affected by our story is different for each of us individually. Some become bitter and some become better. Some use their story to motivate them and some to make them miserable. I want to say this about our story this morning and that is don't judge the story from one single chapter. If you don't get anything else out of this message, and I don't imagine how you could not get a whole lot out of this message today. I like my preaching. 
But if you don't get anything else out of this message today, get this. Don't judge the story from one single chapter. I've been guilty of this before. Assuming that how a person was is how they are now. My wife has had to say to me more than once, do you know how long ago that was? Are you still holding that against them? Do you know how long ago that was? Don't judge your story or somebody else's story from one single chapter. Because some people are the rabbit and some are the turtle. And much can change in the very next chapter, both good and bad. We're all at different places in our journey. And nobody knows what we have had to walk through in order to get where we are. Sometimes we look at somebody and we envy them, but we have absolutely no clue what they had to walk through in order to get where they are. And no one knows what's waiting on us up ahead. Don't judge the story from one single chapter. Everyone has a story. And, and number two, every story has a series of steps in it. In Psalm 37, verse number 23, the psalmist writes, and he says, The Lord directs the steps of the righteous. He delights in every detail of their lives. Did you hear what the psalmist said? He said that God is in the details. Listen, listen, God isn't just a bottom line God. He is also in the details. Here's what I know, and that is sometimes we take sidesteps and detours. Have you ever done this? I have. But hear me this morning. God will eventually get us where he wants us to go, but sometimes, sometimes because we have taken a sidestep, sometimes because we have taken a detour, we end up taking the long way around. God is eventually going to get us where he wants us to be, but sometimes... We, of our own choosing, take a long, the long way around. Every story has a series of steps in it, and, and each step each step helps prepare us for our next season. Romans 8 and 28, one of my life verses, I quote it quite often around here, and we know that God causes everything. He causes what? He causes everything to work together for the good of those that love God and to those that are called according to his purpose for them. Life is a series of seasons. Each season helps prepare us for our next season. Here's what I've learned, and that is all of our steps and missteps teach us something. All of our steps and missteps teach us something. Fact of the matter is, sometimes we learn more through our missteps than we do our right steps. Has that been true for you? Romans 8 and 28 again says that God uses everything, not just the good things, not just the correct things, but he uses our steps, but he also uses our missteps. Have you ever learned anything through your failure? See, see, failure is not a... Not a total failure if you learn something from it. And failure doesn't have to be final. Somebody said that failure just gives you the opportunity to begin anew more intelligently. 
At least now we know what won't work. At least now we know what not to do. (laughs) Most inventors discover a host of things that won't work before they discover what will work. They check it off. That don't work. 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 Hey, I'm brilliant. All of our steps and missteps teach us something. Let's look at the fourth thing that I want to point out today, and that is exaggerating our season will cause us to stay in our season longer. When we exaggerate and sing the blues, when we exaggerate our season, it will cause us to have to stay in the season that we are in longer. In 1 Kings chapter 19, God's lion-hearted prophet Elijah, God's mighty man of faith and power for the hour, is acting like anything but a mighty man of faith and power. Instead, he is exaggerating his circumstances. It's not that he had pleasant circumstances. It wasn't, the, it wasn't that there was, wasn't any problem in his circumstance, but the problem was he was exaggerating his circumstances. He is having his own pity party because the truth of the matter is he has faced far worse than he is facing here and has come through it with flying colors. But not so much in this season. Oh, he should be putting, oh, he should be putting on his big boy underwear and rising to the challenge. Instead, we find him rolled up in a fetal position, sucking his thumb. Here's what we need to understand, and that is our next season won't begin until we learn the lessons meant for this season. I said, we're not going to get to the next season. The next season is not going to begin until we learn the lessons that God wants to teach us in the season that we are in. Because each season has a purpose. And until that purpose is fulfilled, we are not going anywhere. We will be stuck in that season. And you know what? Some people never leave a certain season. Some people have been stuck in the same season for years and years and years and they never get beyond the season that they are in. They just, they just move to a different location and repeat the season. Or they just go to another person and repeat the season. Amen. And they are stuck in that Season, God wants to take them to a new season. God has another season planned for their life. But until we understand the purpose of this season, until we learn the lessons that God wants to teach us in this season, only then are we ready and only then will God open up a new season in our life. I encourage you today, if you are in a tough season right now, ask God to show you what this season is for. Ask him what, oh, what he wants you to learn in this season so you don't get stuck in this season so that you can move on so God can open up a new season for your life. And hopefully your next season or the next chapter in your story will be better than this one. I mean, still tracking with me this morning. Don't forget, don't judge the story from one single chapter. Much can change in the next one. But our next season is not going to begin until we learn the lessons meant for this season. Notice notice the next thing about our story. And that is embracing our season helps to satisfy us. Embracing our season helps 
to satisfy us. Proverbs 15 and 15, the wisdom writer writes, he says, for the despondent every day brings trouble. How many know you get what you look for? You get what you're looking for. For the despondent, every day brings trouble. For the happy heart, life is a continual feast. I wish I had understood seasons more when I was younger. Never heard anybody talk about seasons. Never heard anybody teach about seasons, ever. I wish I had have heard and knew a little bit more about seasons and understood seasons more when I was younger. You know, when you're younger, it's all about the next one anyway. Right? When you're younger, it's all about the next season. What's next, we wonder. Tomorrow, we say. Tomorrow, that's our favorite word. Tomorrow. Tomorrow. Yes, tomorrow I'll be happy. Tomorrow I'll be satisfied. When I get this, when I get that, when I go here, when I go there, when this happens, when that happens. But, but, but here's what I've discovered, and that is that we won't be happy with tomorrow until we learn to be happy with today. I said, we will never be happy with tomorrow until we learn to be happy with today. And here's here's the thing. Most people have today what they said yesterday would make them happy tomorrow. And yet they just keep repeating this over and over and over and over. It's always the next thing. Embracing our season helps to satisfy us. Let me help you with your season this morning. Let me help you with your season. God ordained this season for you. The season that you are in today has been ordered for you. It is ordained of God. God has ordained this season for you. He knew you needed this season. This season has a purpose. There's a lesson or a series of lessons to be learned in this season. You won't get to the next season without going through this season. Your next season will be far better if you learn as much as you can in this season. And you can find some joy and you can find some purpose and you can find some satisfaction in this season. But you have to look for it. You have to have a positive attitude toward it. Embrace the season that you're in. Now, I know some of you are not going to believe it, but I'm in my 60s now. Oh, I thought you were 80, Pastor. No. <laughs> I, I, I'm in my 60s now, and, and I don't know how it happened. I don't. Now, I could get depressed about getting older. I only have so many effective years left in full-time ministry. I'm, I'm facing the reality of that now. I could sing the blues. I could have a pity party, but guess what? I'm in my sixth decade of life. I'm about to celebrate. In two years, I will celebrate five decades of full-time ministry. But guess what? This is my favorite season. This is my favorite season. This is my the favorite chapter of my life. I'm living it. Amen? This is my favorite decade of of life. Why? I have embraced my season and not counting leading through the pandemic. <laughs> minus that, I've been having the time of my life. 
Somebody said attitude determines altitude. Paul certainly had a great attitude. He knew how to embrace seasons. Philippians chapter 4, verse 11 and 13. Paul writes and he says, I have learned. Say learned. How many know if you have to learn something, that means there was a time when you didn't know it. So it wasn't always true. I'm, I'm, I'm reading between the lines, but if I understand learned. But he says here, he says, I have learned to be content with whatever I have. He says, I know how to live on almost nothing. And he said, and I also know how to live when I have everything. He said, I have learned the secret. Say secret. He said, I have learned the secret of living in every situation. And here's the secret that he gives us here. He says, I can do everything through Christ who gives me the strength. Somebody needs to hear this today. Embrace your season. Stop depending on the next thing to make you happy. Make the choice to be happy. Happiness is a choice. Be happy where you are. Be happy with what you have because you will never be happy with tomorrow until you learn to be happy with today. Now, if you can't be happy with your circumstances because they are so bad, then be happy in spite of them. Because happiness, I said, is a choice. And happy is not really, it's not really what I'm talking about this morning. What, what I'm really talking about is peace. What I'm really talking about is joy. What I'm really talking about is contentment that our circumstances can't produce even in the greatest of times. Our circumstances cannot, cannot produce true peace and joy and fulfillment and contentment. No, no, no. Even in the greatest of times, only Jesus, only Jesus can give you joy. Only Jesus can give you peace. Only Jesus can give you true satisfaction. But he can. He can. But only if we let him. Because I know a lot of grumpy Christians. I know a lot of unhappy Christians. I know a lot of grumbling Christians. Oh, I'm, just because Jesus can doesn't mean he does. Because he doesn't do it until, until we let him. Oh, only when we spend time with him. Only when we ask him. All right, let's look at the sixth and the final thing I want to say to you today. We're talking about our story. We're talking about our life. We're talking about our journey. We're talking about the fact that Jesus is greater than our story. No matter what our story is, Jesus is greater. No matter where you're at in your story, Jesus is greater. The last thing I want to say to you today is this, and that is the engineer of our story will see us through to the end. Hebrews 13 and 5, Jesus said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Matthew 28 and 20, Jesus said, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. But not only will the engineer of our, our story see us through to the end, but the author, the author of our story will help us finish strong. I'm consumed with that. I'm consumed with that these days. Included in my prayer list that I pray consistently in my extended prayer time is this, Lord, help me to finish strong. Help me to finish strong. See, see, I don't want to just be in the race. I don't just want to be one of the runners. I don't want to just be in the race. And I, I don't want to just finish the race. But I want to finish, I want to finish strong. 
Because I've seen so many ministers falter at the very end. Oh, they might have finished, but they finished with bitterness. Oh, they finished with hurts. They finished wounded. Oh, I don't want that to be me. I want to finish. I want to finish running full speed. I want to finish strong. I want to finish strong in every part of my life. So I pray about it every, every time I have my extended prayer time nearly every single day I pray and I ask the Lord to help me to help me to finish strong in every part of my life and and I just start naming those parts of my life I want to finish strong as a man a man I want to finish strong as a man a man of integrity I want to be known as a man of integrity. I, 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 I want to be a man of integrity. So I want to finish strong as a man, a man of integrity. I, I want to finish strong as a husband. Oh, loving my wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for it. Oh, I want to put her wishes, her needs, her desires above and beyond mine. I, I want to be even a better husband to her than she is a wife to me. And that's pretty impossible there. I want to finish strong as a father. Yes, I've already raised my kids. Yes, they already have families of their own. But I want to finish strong as a father. I want to have the respect of my son. I want to have the respect of my daughter. And I want to have the respect of their companions. And so I ask God, help me to finish strong as a father. I want to finish strong as a pawpaw. Oh, get me going here. I might just stay here for a while. Man, oh man, oh man. Life begins at grandkids, I promise you. My two youngest grandkids say our pawpaw is silly and we like it. <laughs> our pawpaw is silly and we like it. Oh, I like my grandkids to like me. How about you? I want to finish strong as a pastor. As a pastor, I want to finish strong as a pastor, not just a preacher. Oh, I want to be a good preacher, and I kind of think I'm doing a pretty good job of it. Sorry for my humility. But I don't want to just finish strong as a preacher. There's a lot of good preachers out there, but I want to finish strong as a pastor. I am a true shepherd. I have a shepherd heart. I love my people. And I want to finish strong as a pastor. I want to finish strong as a friend. A friend, a friend that sticks closer than a brother, a friend that nearby is better than a brother that is far off. I want to I finish strong as a, as a friend, and so I'm trying to be a good friend so I can finish strong as, as a friend. I want to finish strong as a, le- as a leader. As a leader, I want to finish strong. I want to add value to everyone and everything I encounter. The author of our story will help us finish strong. Philippians 1 and 6 says, The God that has begun a good work in you is able to complete it. Hebrews 12 and 2, look to Jesus who is the author. But not only is he the author, author, he is also the finisher of our faith. I believe that the one that has taken us this far can take us all the way. If you agree with that, shout amen this morning. Well, the takeaway for the message today is, and can you believe that was six points in 23 minutes? But I'm not finished yet. The takeaway this morning is simply this. Don't judge someone's story by one single chapter. Their story isn't complete. It might be a bad chapter. It might be a good chapter. I look at some people's story. I remember when I was early in my ministry, very early in those very early days, you know, when my, when my salary was $15 a week, whether I needed it or not. Yes, my salary was 15 Those of you that fussed that my salary's too much, where were you when I made $15 a week? And I remember looking at somebody and looking at some people's story and envying them 
was where they were and where I was. But that was just one chapter. There's been a whole lot of chapters written since then, and I don't want to trade my life for theirs now. Hello? Don't judge someone's story by one single chapter. Their story isn't complete yet. Number two, the outcome of the story is revealed in the last chapter. It's revealed in the last chapter. Keep on keeping on. Number three, don't give up before your story is complete. Because things could drastically change in the very next chapter. Amen. Jesus is greater than our story. He's greater than our story. No matter what chapter that you're in today. I mean, you know, it might be the chapter where, you know, you've been tied to the railroad tracks and the whistle of the train coming is just not far off in the, and you can hear the whistle of the train coming and you're tied to the railroad tracks. But listen, the very next chapter might have you loose from the railroad tracks. Come on, hello? How many know God can do a whole lot in one chapter? Amen. Amen. Father, I just pray that you'll help us today. God, help us to understand and realize, God, that Jesus is greater He's greater than our story. He's greater than the current chapter that we're in right now. He's greater. He's greater. And he has great plans for us ahead. I thank you for that today. Hey, as your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed in this room this morning, let me tell you that your story is not complete until until it includes your salvation experience. In fact, The greatest chapter of your story will be the chapter that reveals you giving your heart and your life to Jesus Christ. So today, I want to ask as your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed today, you're here today and your story does not include Jesus. Jesus is not a part of your story. But you want this to be the season. You want this to be the chapter when Jesus comes into your life. And I want to tell you, when Jesus comes into your life, the next chapter is going to be totally different than the former chapters. You're here today, and you want to invite Jesus into this season of your life. Jesus is not a part of your story, but you want to make him a part of your story today. All over this room, if that that is you today, I want you to just lift your hand up really high. Kind of wave it at me. Make sure that that I see that someone has lifted their hand this morning. Anyone in this room? Anyone in this room? Right, those of you that are watching on live stream today, has Jesus, is Jesus a part of your story? If he's not a part of your story, I encourage you. I encourage you to invite him into this season and into this chapter of your life. Well, your heads are still bowed and your eyes are still closed. How many in this room this morning you would say, and nobody's looking around, but you'd lift your hand and in lifting your hand, you're saying, I'm weary. I'm weary in my present season. I'm weary in my present season. Anyone? I'm weary. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you. Anyone else? Thank you. Anyone else this morning? I'm weary in my present season. All right, I wonder how many would would say by lifting your hand this morning that I don't want to just finish, but I want to finish strong. I want to finish strong. I want my last chapter to be the best chapter. My last season to be my best season. I want to go out on top. I want to break through the tape in full stride. Oh, I may not physically be able to do it, but I can do it 
through my character and I can do it through my life. Lord, I just pray for those. Lord, there's two or three that lifted their hand today that they're weary in their present season. Lord, there's people, Lord, that are watching me online and they're weary in their present season. God, I pray that you'll encourage them. Help them to look back at former seasons and see that you're with them there and realize they're still with you. You're still with them today. And God, help them, Father, Lord, to, Lord, to discover the purpose and the reason and the lessons that they need to learn during this season so it can prepare, us, prepare them for the next season, make them ready. And they'll get so much more out of their next season when they have gleaned from this season. Encourage them, lift them up, and minister to them today. And God, for those of us today, hopefully it's all of us, we have a desire to finish strong. God, I know, Lord, because now I'm getting a little bit older and I still feel strong, but I don't feel as strong as I used to. I, I, I see some little things, little aches, little pains, little things that weren't there in the past, and I know those things are probably going to progress. I hear they do. I'm probably no different than anyone else. I, I may not physically be able to finish strong at the end of my life, but I want to finish strong, Father, with integrity and finish strong as a person of character, finish strong as a man of God, and finish strong with an incredible example of somebody who finished their life, their race, their ministry. Strong. Give us strength today. Help us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.